0: Hey, it's been a little minute, but that's kind of what I like about this format, or the way that I've given myself permission to do this. Um, I just I do it when it feels right, you know, when I feel like, ooh, I want to share this. I want to tell someone about this, or I read something that just like, to be honest with you, I feel like uh, something in my sternum starts to turn on <laughs> it's like a vibrational thing or mm, it starts to radiate from there so it happened you know I read I read a lot so you know you would have thought it would happen bef- between now and the last time um, but you know I can't predict when that'll happen so anyways a few weeks ago um I don't know where I got this reference. I don't know if someone shared it online or I I don't have any fucking idea. I just add everything to my Goodreads and uh, go down the line. But I was talking to my friend about it. I was like, hey, there's this book that talks about blackness and um, American Gothic and like goth culture. Right. And I was like, that sounds tight um, because it's something that you know, as an amateur writer and researcher and all that stuff, which whatever. And my undergrad, I I wrote a lot about it and I thought a lot about it, but I didn't really, it wasn't quite, I didn't have the mentorship to, or the community to uh, really nourish what critique I was trying to offer. And so um, I read A Toni Morrison book. I cannot think of the title right now, but uh, I'll figure it out. Um, And that really helped, but it it just wasn't quite exactly what I wanted to articulate or didn't. Like I said, the lack of community and mentorship around this idea kind of left me feeling like I just can't get there. You know. So it's a right now. That's a seed, as I know, 2016, 2017. Now reading this book i'm going to say it um it is called darkly black history and america's gothic soul that's the subtitle and um it's written by leela taylor okay leela i say it like that because they um they write how to pronounce it in the book and i i love that when when people write that way and um i love it they kind of tell how they were named so anyways I'll let you read that I'm not gonna read that section but I am gonna read from a chapter titled American Monster um, so yeah I'm just gonna preface with saying this is maybe a little heavier than the other things I've read which is cool I, I'm very I love the idea of this book because it talks about blackness and also talks about death and those are things i think about a lot and um i think sometimes people who don't know me that well do find it very surprising that i love horror movies <laughs> i love horror movies it's my favorite genre i as many books as i read as many books as i read i watch um horror films horror series um i rewatch i rewatch them um it's nostalgic for me and also I just love the way that stories can be told through that format um it started as a very young person for me I'm like six years old I was watching horror at that time um and my family just kind of like accepted it and also you know would take me to theater to see certain things like if they were interested enough right um but yeah I think sometimes people think it's weird because I am you know I do study somatics and I think about you know how trauma lives in the body and I think that's what's really cool about horror films it's like how trauma lives lives in culture you know um yeah and so anyways I'm gonna get to where I'm going is I really enjoyed watching uh the most recent season of Atlanta I mean it wasn't the easiest thing to digest right but I was like it it's set up kind of like a horror movie you know it has those elements and what I love about it is I'm able to talk to people who don't typically watch horror um, but still we can have the conversations I yearn for that I just like dream of having Um, and yeah I I rewatched season 1 and 2 and then you know watch 3 pretty in tandem with um, like it being released weekly so (sighs) I take a breath because it is heavy. i was just like having some flashbacks. But anyways, if you watch it, you want to talk to me about it, I would love to do that. Um, I do plan on probably rewatching it this summer. Um, on some rainy days or some. Some. So, yeah. Um, I'm going to read today. And the reason why I brought up Atlanta is this particular chapter talks about uh, the Juneteenth episode in Atlanta. And I thought I loved the episode. And I loved... Uh, seeing Van and Ern navigate that space, I often feel like I'm navigating that space. Um, and I mean, I think that's <laughs> common experience for Black academics. I hate calling myself that, but here we are. That's kind of what it is. It is what it is. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. Let's take a second. Um. Get grounded you're not already, you probably know by now, this is the seventh reading, okay? Lucky number seven. Uh, So you probably already know by now that you want to grab a little seat. Um, And I'm just going to read an excerpt from this, or, you know, like I do, I don't read it necessarily always in its fullness, but I do read it chronologically, so hopefully it makes sense. Um, This one was kind of, it was a hard one for me to to find, um, to buy and i'm not sure if i can get a copy of it for for the pdf library but i highly recommend reading this even if you're not a horror fan um if you are a reader or even if you watch film of any kind uh it really is a beautiful critique of that it is part memoir part critique um i absolutely love it leela taylor is from detroit so i love hearing about Uh, blackness in Detroit and um I love hearing their perspective so yeah so that's where I'm at um I'm actually sitting in my car because I just got home from work and I wanted to read this before I before I walked into my house because I know my energy is going to change because I'm cooking tonight okay so I know once I do that I'm not going to want to do nothing else so um yeah I'm sitting down I have Doc Martin sandals on, so my feet feel like held. If you have these sandals, like tell me, do you feel held? Um, Anyways, yeah, so my feet are on the ground. I'm not quite sitting up tall, so let me stack my shoulders over my hips. (sighs) My neck over my shoulders, maybe you do the same. Maybe you invite the eyes to soften, maybe even close. I don't want to take up too much of your time, so let's just take one really nice breath in and out. Imagining that on your exhale, you can release all of the tension in your body. So go ahead and finish your exhale here. Go ahead and inhale through the nose. Belly, sternum, throat all fill up with air. Hold it at the top. Just feel yourself feeling expansive, bold, open. Exhale through the mouth. Allowing yourself to push out the air until the belly feels hollow. Okay. ahead and stay there that feels right drink a little water if it feels good I'm gonna have to put my phone down to read it's not a one-hand book but I do I like the binding on this though the cover is pretty cool too all right so I'm gonna sit down my phone pick up the book I want to read to you thank you If you have the book, which I would love to know if you do, I'm on page 63, American Monster. In the Juneteenth episode of the television show, Atlanta, Ern and his girlfriend Vanessa go to a fancy Juneteenth party at her friend Monique's mansion june 19 1865 marks the date slavery officially ended in texas a full two and a half years after the signing of the emancipation proclamation has become a holiday of sorts to celebrate being free at last monique's husband craig is white and an avid collector of all things black Including his wife. His office is decorated with photographs of black luminaries, African sculptures, and his own Malcolm X inspired fan art. Craig offers Ern a Hennessy to replace his 40 acres and a Moscow Mule cocktail and asks him if he's ever been to Africa. He's appalled when Ern answers in the negative. Craig, you gotta go, man, it's your motherland, where your ancestors are from, Congo, Ivory Coast, southeastern Bantu region. Erin replies, I don't know, this spooky thing called slavery happened, and my entire ethnic identity was erased, so... There is a lot I like about this glimpse into the bougie black upper class. A black woman using her white husband for his money, the husband using his wife for her blackness, Craig's cringe worthy confidence in his understanding of black culture and his financially privileged suggestion that just go to Africa. But what I like most about this scene is Donald donald glover's use of the word spooky spooky implies an eerie ghostly feeling something weird and undefined spooky is an ethereal unease that is difficult to place an uninformed and obscured aura of something that is not quite right the answer to the question, where are your people from, is complicated, and spooky is a complicated word. The word spook comes from the Dutch spook, spoke, <laughs> meaning ghosts or apparition. In the 1940s, spook became the word for spy a clandestine, sneaky person whose life is in the shadows. About the same time, spook also became a derogatory word for Black people. Just the Tuskegee Airmen, the group of Black Air Force fighter pilots and bombers during World War II were even referred to disparagingly as the spook waffle the word evokes images of bug-eyed coon a childlike cowardly simpleton prone to superstition the word carries either a a cartoonish innocence or a bitingly racist connotation and Ernst's snarky use of it is fitting dehumanization is a creepy endeavor While slavery existed in Africa before European intervention, the trade in the Americas required an ideological shift in the perceptions of humanity and an entirely different classification of being deeper than punitive or economic reasoning. We tend to stop at the sheer horror of it and breeze past the elaborate work it took to make the phantasm of race a reality and the illusions that required its upkeep. Mm. Gothic narratives were and still are a means of working through the discomfort of a changing world through the safety of fiction, fears of industrialization, the speed of scientific discovery, the uncertainty of secularism, epidemics and disease, immigrants and cultural others, nuclear annihilation, climate change. Every real social fear has its metaphorical monster. The Kantian negative pleasure of these stories allows us to face these fears, to feel the shudder, safe in the knowledge that it will all be over in 90 minutes or so. Blackness in America has not only never been comfortable, but is a constant source of discomfort. Blackness is often used as a metaphor for any number of social ills, poverty, crime, violence, Drug use, promiscuity, broken families, ignorance. To be black is to be the fear, to be the thing that goes bump in the night, hiding under the bed. It is one thing to use literature and film to process social anxieties, but what do you do when you are the social anxiety? What do you do when the villagers with torches and pitchforks are coming after you?